Welcome to the third episode of Neurodiverse Love with Mona and Olga. We are so glad to have you back to listen to our podcast. This has been a labor of love for Olga and I, and we just saw that 38 people have listened to our podcast. We're very excited. They're from all over the world, but mostly the United States. So we are sharing a little bit about our experiences with two men that um, we had tremendous love and admiration for, who we know were on the autism spectrum and undiagnosed. Um, and we're sharing a little bit about the ups and downs, the roller coaster ride, the experiences that we've had. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the gifts and talents that we saw along the way. And as some of you may remember, I was married for 30 years to my ex-husband, and we met when we were 21, married at 23, and divorced at 54, and I am 56 now. And Olga? I met uh, my ex-boyfriend when I was, I think it was 43. 40, I don't know, you're younger 45. Than no, I was 45. <laughs> I was 45. And he was 47. And we dated for about from May through November. And then we moved in together and lived together for about three three to four months. And then and then there was the breakup that took a little bit too. So <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely. Or uh, we're going to share some some of the great things that we fell in love with today and um, and see how that can maybe be of the of insight for other people with um, relationships in with someone that's in, on the spectrum. Absolutely. So I, I want to share that there were so many things that were so exciting for me to see. First of all, I shared in the last podcast some of the uh, spirituality and the creative skills, but um, my ex also had a passion for his car that he owned. Uh, it was a satellite Sebring, and those of you that are young and not into cars probably don't know what a satellite Sebring looks like, but you literally could move a one-bedroom apartment into the car. It was humongous. It got about seven miles to the gallon, and he was fascinated with um, Mopar cars and all of these cars from the 60s and 70s that were created by the company that created the satellite Sebring. You can see I knew nothing about cars. I still don't know anything about cars, but he loved his satellite Sebring. And he was kind of obsessed with making sure that it was always clean. So he would take it to the car wash and he would spend hours washing it and vacuuming it and you know, making sure that it was waxed and he was very careful with his car. I think it was his second satellite Sebring, but I only knew one of them. So he was very fascinated with all things related to uh, Mopar cars. Uh, he also was very into two movies, um, Planet of the Apes, and he knew all the Planet of the Apes movies. He had seen them multiple times 
And I think he knew like almost all the lines from all the movies. <laughs> so when we would watch them together, they're actually excellent movies. And we would watch them together and I would watch his mouth move and he would be, you know, saying the lines of all the actors. And I thought that was so cool that he had such a phenomenal memory and could memorize all the lines and knew all the actors and you know knew everything about all those movies the other uh, franchise that he was really interested in and knew all about was James Bond and so he had been to every opening for every James Bond movie so those were his two like special interests in addition to the cars um, the satellite Sebrings and the Mopars. And what about you, Olga? Were there things that were fascinating to your boyfriend that you knew nothing about but enjoyed listening to him talk about them? Um, okay, so there were things that I enjoyed too. Like that was like the first fascinating thing about him was how much he knew about psychology. Like mm -hmm. people wait to think women needs and, and understood a lot of things that um, usually men don't mm -hmm. know about women. And we would have conversations about things that were, you know, mine um, on my side of things and, and how like he'll go like, oh yeah, right. I read something about this and this and he'll just go on forever about everything that he he had read and studied about um, human behavior in general and relationships. And he would tell me, you know, his past relationships and how he understood what had happened. And I think it's, it goes a little beyond. And I was going to say something that a lot of what we're going to talk about uh, when we talk about this, the, the, the special interests, they may feel or sound like they I mean anybody can have that special interest sure it's just that it goes a little beyond of a neurotypical person uh, where you know the the interest they have is a little goes a little beyond um, absolutely and they become like experts <laughs> on every topic so that was the first thing that I felt like oh my god he's so emotionally intelligent because he at some point in his life he understood that uh, relationships were some were was something that was not easy for him to understand how to establish a friendship or how the codes you know we use codes to communicate we use codes for messages that we don't necessarily you know say the words for and that was very difficult for him to mm -hmm. kind of uh, decode mm -hmm. and and so he had to read books and about it and sure. and so I felt that he he did the homework to mm -hmm. you know overcome what one of his main um, difficulties was mm -hmm. and so it was a weakness for him but at the same time I saw it as a strength because he was able to identify it and and educate himself so well that he could talk about it like he knew what what it was. Right. And so I was fascinated by that. And then it goes with, you know, science and he he his major was in um oh my god, biochemistry mm -hmm. and then he became, you know, a teacher and did you know study all about science sciences, all you know, chemistry and physics physics, physics. and all of that. So 
my dad is a biologist, so I have that. And, and of course, I'm a, I'm a dietitian. So it's like a lot of that science stuff goes with me and clicked with me. That's awesome. And so I was fascinated by that. And then my third thing that was my weakness, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I am a groupie. <laughs> so when it comes to, to music, uh, if there is a music talent there, then, then there, I'm there too. So he also played the guitar and, and some other instruments, but mainly the, the guitar. Um, so that was a connection. But of course, when he did it, he did it. Pro, almost like professional level mm -hmm. he was in a band and um and then he didn't understand that world and it became overwhelming so he left that and, but at, at the same time you know all the topics that had to do with music and because I played the guitar and so there was a lot of things that there were a lot of things that would be really fun to talk about mm -hmm. and we could talk for hours <laughs> about those things yeah, and I totally understand because even though I didn't know much about the movies that he loved and I didn't know much about cars, it was a real turn on to be able to talk to somebody, especially when you're 21. You know, guys at 21 aren't too into sharing their intellectual interests. So my ex would talk and talk and talk and we'd have a conversation, but it was primarily him sharing and I just could sit there for hours listening to him because he was so engaging, right? And I, he also is interested in music. And I think he has tremendous, tremendous talent. And he played the bass guitar. I didn't even know what a bass guitar was. And so he would play that for me and he would share his songs. And um, as I shared during the last episode, he's probably written definitely over 100 songs. And I'm sure I didn't read all the lyrics that he had written, but I read a lot of them. Mm. And it was like poetry. I mean, it was so deep and intense. And I feel like, you know, once you've met somebody on the spectrum, you've met one person on the spectrum. So although we're talking about some of the similarities, there's also, you know, no two people are the same and no. you can't generalize. But yeah. Because which of, is also very special, right? Because absolutely, and it, it has made the world a little more difficult to figure out, you know, how to respond to it, how to yes. accommodate because no two are the same or have the same traits. So, right, right, and and it's difficult for somebody on the spectrum because as you're talking to people, you may know what you have almost you know, been programmed to learn or what you've known or what you've studied and you're expecting that your knowledge is going to transfer to whoever you're talking to, but that's not the case. You've got to read those social nuances and those cues and you've got to ask questions and things that maybe might not come naturally to somebody who's younger. And I actually had somebody, um, we now have an Instagram account if you'd like to follow us. It's neurodiverse underscore love. And we'd love to have you follow us. And there was um, a woman who had written about, she has, I think, a seven-year-old son who is on the spectrum. And I was talking about my relationship with my ex. And she says, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about what life is going to be like for him when he gets older and maybe he starts dating or wanting to have a relationship. And wouldn't it be wonderful? You're talking about your ex who was 40 something when you met him. And I'm talking about my ex who was 20 something when I met him. 
And wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a way for those folks who were neurodivergent or neurodiverse to even take a class in school about how to communicate effectively? I think we all could benefit from that, you know, how to share your interests and how to share um, information in a way that gives other people an opportunity to talk with you rather than just going on and on because you want to share what you know, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think the more we talk about these things, the more um, aware the world is going to be about, um, you know, neurodiverse people. And the more we we know that they are there, um, the more we can accommodate life and make it more, like, normalize it, like, right. we, like we say. Normalize it so that way there could be classes, um, I have a friend that also has, uh, I think he's eight or nine years old, and he's also in the spectrum. And the one thing that fascinates me when I when I hear her talking about him is all the things that they do now to help the child to understand um, mm-hmm. how he functions, how what kind of accommodations he needs to to be able to deal with whatever you know overwhelms them, or right. or how to even uh, potentialize the 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 skills they have right and it if we did that throughout life not just at school not just at therapy um i'm sure they would have more success when they are growing up and starting dating and you know absolutely create a more um realistic expectations of how love looks like for them how a relationship looks like for them not just in the love area but also in the friendship area absolutely so i think that that would make them more more successful because when they don't know they don't know so the main thing about the people that we were involved with is that they didn't know or they didn't know. they didn't know right. during you know for a long time or maybe there was a different diagnosis and that creates unrealistic expectations right. so with anything in life if we don't know what we're dealing with what we need to accommodate to be successful then it, it doesn't happen and we just keep failing and failing and failing absolutely and and it, it gets very frustrating and and at the end, at the end, oh, sorry, at the end, I'm sure a lot of people give up. Yes. Like I'm, I'm just not gonna date anymore. Right. Right. Okay. And and as we talk about how our relationships went on and why they at some point were not um, our choice, yeah. <laughs> or our choice was to get out of the relationship because it didn't work out for different reasons. Um, we'll see how maybe if it was different before they knew and we had better skills and better tools right um to to create that relationship and nourish it um maybe it would have had a different ending i agree i totally agree and i think um there's a show called love on the spectrum that both olga and oh i watched god i watched it and like it, in two days <laughs> <laughs> me too uh, <laughs> we both binge watched it but it was just it it was wonderful and i think it's from australia um and it's kind of an opportunity was it australia i don't i don't know australia or the uk and it was an opportunity for um both men and women 
who are on oh, the spectrum. Oh, it was Australia. Yeah. Yes. Who are on the spectrum um, to learn how to, to date. And, you know, for some of them, it was very awkward and very uncomfortable. And others had been in relationships with people also on the spectrum. And it was very comfortable. And some were moving in together. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Um, I think, though, we can do more to to help the entire, you know, community, not just a neurodivergent or neurodiverse folks, but even folks that are neurotypical, how to have healthy relationships. Because I wish that I understood how to communicate effectively with all different types of people. I know Gary Chapman has put out um, his book on the love languages. What if we all really understood each other's love languages and how to talk and, and work I'm with each other, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Because when I think of... about us, um, like my relationship, I think that if we knew, if we knew what his love lang language was, and we didn't assume a lot of things. Like we're so used to assuming things right. in 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 a relationship between two neurotypical people. Right. Uh, we assume a lot of things right. because we know the code. Because we we kind of and, and we we think. I, I, I'm <laughs> going to say that we think we know, but we really we right. really should do almost the same thing. Right. When I was thinking about okay, this is my relationship with the, with a person that is um, neuro neuro. Diverse. Diverse. Or the, you know, that the relationship was that way. And um, when I think about that and what would work, I think that would work for any relationship. We should not assume Absolutely. that a person that's not in the spectrum would not be appropriate to do those things and Absolutely. learn their love languages, have have a very open communication um because when maybe we don't have the level of anxiety or we don't have other things that we'll we'll talk about later um but we have other things that trigger yeah. different responses and and we should just not assume that we can just pass the 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 page and right. and keep on going and we're accumulating things that at some point are going to come up so it, it's it's all very similar to any relationship right. but i guess that if we know about the the neurodiversity mm -hmm. then we we can establish more strategies to make it to make it work right i i totally agree with you and i think at the end of every episode we want to talk about lessons learned and we started talking about um, things that were really exciting and, you know, strengths that the men that we were involved with had, and they had so many. And when you're new in a relationship, you want to, well, a lot of people will want to hear about the other person's interests. Um, and it was definitely a turn on for me. I don't want to speak for Olga. Was it a turn on for you? Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> intelligence, right? Definitely. Yes. And so, so for me, the lesson learned was um, patience with somebody that wants to share about something that I don't know about and to be curious and not be judgmental in any way, but really to ask questions to understand and I think it's really important to be clear about that, that I'm asking questions because I really want to understand and 
maybe this is something I will be interested in if I understand more. I'm not asking to judge or put you on the spot. And I think that that could be a challenge, you know, for somebody who's neurodiverse. So what about you, Olga? What did you learn? When I think about the the skills and the the things that that they find fascinating in 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 their their, their specific interests, I think that there is a point where it is great, it's very interesting, and we can share some of those. And, and of course, the conversations are going to be so interesting. I mean, right. it's just amazing, and it definitely is a turn on uh, because I love. Uh, a smart guy. I, Me I mean, too. all those things go into what I look for in a person, in my partner. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. And getting to know the extent of where that could go when the spe special interest gets, you know, sometimes in the way of things and being patient mm -hmm. and being open to listen and open to know mm -hmm. how much or how long or how... <laughs> <laughs> they want to talk about it or or on their own like on his own go on the computer for a long time and and you know research right and um they you know he had a, another interest about safety and that was one of the biggest lessons learned i could trust him to go and research safety and I knew he was going to have a good plan. Right. He was going to have everything he needed right. uh, for anything. Hurricanes, you right. name it. <laughs> he was going to have the best um, safety kit and be oh. prepared yeah. <laughs> for and whatever was we were preparing for. Yeah. And, and I have uh, a similar story, but we can talk about it during the next episode. The depth of preparation oh. um, that my ex was involved with. So... We are really excited um, to share more every week with you, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week with another episode. So thank you all. Please follow us at neurodiverse underscore love at Instagram. And if you would like to email us with any questions, our email address is neurodiverselove, the number four, the letter U at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.